Judges chapter 13, and I will bring the message from here. Let me say I appreciate all of you being here, all of you being faithful to come to the meeting. We had a good time this morning. Appreciate the blessings of the Lord here in the morning service. Looking for a good time tomorrow. And appreciate the presence of the Holy Ghost tonight. And I'm not ashamed when, when he touches me to cry and to rejoice and do what he wants me to do. I want to get beyond that and care what other folk think. And just go to meeting, brother. I, I appreciate folk and let's obey the Spirit of God. And, and uh, a lot of times when you get through, the flesh will say, man, you made a, you made a fool out of yourself. But you can just look at the devil now and tell him that he's a liar and the father of all lies. It brings honor and glory to God for his youngins to worship him, praise him. I appreciate the good spirit. appreciate the good choir singing. I'll be honest and tell you, I, I saw a difference tonight in y'all singing. I mean, there's... There's a touch of God in there that just, just hardly wasn't there like it was tonight, like it, last night like it was tonight. There's some excitement, and there was some smiles, and I've seen some folk, you know. I mean, that's what it takes. That's what revival's all about. I mean, I told Bill Charlie today, I, I don't preach nothing new, and I'm just re, re, reaffirming what he's already said. I'll not say nothing he's not already said. And sometimes I just need a new voice to come in and say the same things, and and kind of stir us up, remind us about it, and take us back to where we ought to be. And that's what revival's all about. I ain't looking for nothing new, no fabulous messages or anything. Just something that would remind us where we need to be and how we've strayed that we might get back to that point that we might experience real revival. I have. I want to confess to you, I have in my soul this week already. I begin to experience revival bubbling in my heart. And I thank the good Lord for it. And I believe some of you have. I believe there's others that need to, and I believe God wants to do other things for us, but we just want to wait on Him and let His will be done. Judges chapter 13 tonight, and here a while back, several months ago now, God gave me this message, and, and uh, God just kind of impressed on my heart and need to preach it about everywhere we go. I try to use this message, and, and I believe God will, will show us some things tonight here in the life of Samson. Will you stand with us tonight as we read from Judges Chapter 13, and begin reading in verse 1 as we bring the message. The Bible said, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Now that's a phrase that you'll find many times in the book of Judges. Over and over and over they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines forty years. Now listen, it wasn't the devil that that delivered them in the hands of the Philistines. The Lord, God Jehovah, delivered his people into the hands of the Philistines. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, a man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive, and bear a son, and thou drink no wine, nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Now look over in verse 24 of the same chapter. The Bible said in Judges chapter 13 and verse 24, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And we'll stop reading right there. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask for the body burns, if he will, lead us Lord in prayer just now. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I want to use the message here tonight from the book of Judges chapter 13 and and here in the, in the life of Samson. And there's much to be said about Samson in the book of Judges. You find in the book of Judges, you find two chapters that are devoted to a lady by the name of Deborah. And then you find those two chapters that are devoted to a man by the name of Gideon. 
And you remember how Gideon took the 300 and how God used him and his little army there to wrought a great victory. But then in the book of Judges, you have four chapters, I mean twice as much as any of the others, devoted to the man by the name of Samson. I believe God wants us to draw some things from this man's life to glean some things and learn some things from Samson's life. Now, Samson lived in the day of the judges. This was a time after they went over into the land of Israel. They were in the land of Canaan now, and, and God would raise these judges up, and, and they'd bring Israel back to God, and then Israel would go away from God. And they'd do like the Bible said here. They did again do evil and, in the sight of the Lord. And, and then God would send different ones in to persecute and, and I mean to come down the different nations, uh, to come down upon Israel. Uh, then God would raise another judge up. Uh, and finally we're here to the judge uh, by the name of Samson. Uh, and I want to use the thought tonight uh, on Samson as a type of the church. Uh, Samson as a type of the church. Uh, somebody said, preach, I don't see how in the world uh, that Samson could be a picture of the church. Uh, well, you pray tonight and ask God to open our eyes and to give us minds to receive. And I believe we'll see tonight how he is a vivid type of the church. Now, in the Old Testament, there's many types and allegories and spiritual comparisons of the church to be found. When you look at the first lady in the Word of God, when you look at Adam's wife by the name of Eve, Eve typifies the church. I mean, when God put Adam in a deep sleep and took that rib out of his side, God had to make a piercing in old Adam's side uh, to bring forth that rib and therefore make a woman. Uh, oh, that pictures the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary uh, as his side was pierced uh, and therefore came blood and water uh, that the church might be born to that blood. Uh, I mean, Eve's the type of the church uh, and then that little damsel by the name of Ruth, uh, that Moabitist outcast. Uh, oh, I mean, she was a stranger and cut off uh, and without God and without hope down there in the land of Moab. But oh, she's a beautiful picture of the church. I mean, listen, as God grafted her in and brought her into the family of God as she married old Boaz, the near kinsman redeemer. Oh, that's a type of us, Gentile dogs, aliens and without God outside the commonwealth of Israel. And yet God in His mercy and his grace hath he grafted us in unto the bride of Christ and brought us in as the church. And then there's many, many other types to be found. Even the nation of Israel, as they make the wilderness journeys, they're a type of the church in many ways, a type of spiritual life. But here tonight in this man's life, by the name of Samson, I believe we'll see a vivid picture of the church. Did you know Samson's name? It means a little son or sunny. Oh, does that not tell you something? Matthew 5.13 said, You are the light of the world. He said, Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before me that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. The church is to be a light in this dark world that we're now in. I mean, Samson's very name, when his mother named him. It meant he was to bear light to the nation of Israel. But not only that, Samson, as we get to the heart of the message, Samson is a type of the church, first of all, in that he was set apart to do a work for God. I mean, Samson was set apart of the Holy Ghost of God to do a work for God. Look at verse 5 of Judges chapter 13. The Bible said, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come on his head for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb I want you to know that God Almighty I mean separated old Samson and he was to represent God I'm telling you the church of the living God those that are blind again and washed to the blood and listen baptized in the body of Christ we're to represent God in this nation that we're now in I mean we're God's representatives every day of our lives PTL 700 Club 
club, Christian Businessmen's Association. They're not representing God. It's the church's job. I mean, people like you, individual churches that are representing the Lord. Old Samson was, he was set apart. He had that vow of a Nazarite. Numbers chapter 6, you can find all about that. He wasn't eating no dried grapes. He wasn't eating, drinking no liquor, no strong drink, liquor of the grapes. He wasn't eating no moist grapes. No razor was to come on his head. Why, preacher? Why, I thought the Bible said in 1 Corinthians that it's a shame for a man to have long hair. That's right, it is. But Samson was a Nazarite. He had that veil upon him. And the Nazarites would let their hair, the men would grow long. And they would bear that shame and that reproach for Jehovah. They were willing to bear that reproach. They'd mark them. They knew them when they seen them coming. And Samson was set apart. He was, in other words, he was sanctified. That's what that word means, sanctified, set apart. Oh, I believe in that positional sanctification. What are you talking about? I'm talking about we're sanctified in Christ. Amen. The Bible said in Hebrews 10, 10, by the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once and for all. I want you to know when I got saved and got born again, I want you to know I got sanctified, I got set apart by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't have a thing to do with that. I mean, that was God Almighty. I mean, that was through the power of the Holy Ghost and, and by the blood that I positionally got sanctified in Christ Jesus. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and the church of God which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Well, I believe in that positional sanctification. But I also believe in a practical Amen. Sanctification. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that separated life. First Corinthians 6, 11 said, and the Bible said that another type of, of position. I'm looking for the verse, First Thessalonians 4, 3, for this is the will of God. Even your sanctification that you abstain from fornication. I mean, you don't have to pray about that for you. It's just God's will. I mean, that you be sanctified and set apart from fornication. That's a dirty, filthy, low-down sin positional and practical sanctification on a daily basis, being sanctified and set yourself apart from the, by the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, and then getting separated from this world. That's what God wants. Oh, Samson, listen, he represented God of the nation. He was to be God's spokesman. He was to be God's deliverer. They were looking unto Samson when they heard the news. Oh, listen, the church... When I look at verse 5 there, the Bible said the latter part of that verse, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. And, oh, Samson's a type of church and that he was, he was set apart with the right message. And, I mean, God was going to use Samson to deliver and, the nation of Israel. And, he had a message of salvation, and, a message of deliverance, and, and that's the message of the church tonight. And, I mean, listen, these clubs and isms and schisms, and, they don't have the answer. And, they, they, they don't have the answer. And, I mean, listen, the mooses and the gooses and the hoodows, they don't have the answer. The church has the answer to man's needs. Salvation bad grace through faith. That'll cure what ails you. That'll fix you. The church has the answer to men's social needs. The church has the answer to men's governmental needs. I mean, the church, through the Word of God, has the answers. Deliverance by salvation through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a time when the church held that message forth too for him. Son, they wasn't ashamed. Them old time preachers, now they didn't know a lot. I confess to you, I don't know a lot tonight. But I do know what worked in my life. I know the night that I got an old time Holy Ghost conviction, that Spirit of God swung me out over hell and showed me I was lost and going there. I want to tell you the blood of hell for my ever dying soul and saved me. The Holy Ghost rescued me. I mean, it'll still work in 1984. I guarantee you it'll still work. 
Them old time preachers that get out behind the plow, my old white haired granddaddy, I mean them guys and them old men got behind them plows, and they'd be a plow and they're working in the gardens and on their jobs, and they'd get a word from the Lord. I mean, it wouldn't be nothing fancy, but they'd get a word from the Lord. They'd pray over that thing all week and meditate on it. They'd come to the house of God, roll their sleeves up, and I mean, just take off after it, and trust God to take it and use it, and sinners and fear and tremble, and saints and rejoice and get right. We need to get back to that day. I mean, they're depending on God, friend, on God. They didn't know why. Most time they come in on Sunday morning and preach on hell. Come back Sunday night and preach on heaven. And come back on Wednesday night and preach on hell or heaven. Amen. Man, God bless. God would move. Huh? Had the message. It wasn't this little social gospel that rescued my soul. This little easy believerism. Walk down the aisle, sign a card and shake a hand. and Get dunked and join up. Pray a little sinner's prayer. I mean, listen, it was repentance from my soul and turning to God and asking for mercy, friend. It's a message we need to herald for today. The lost and dying world. Oh, Samson, he had the right message. He was to be the deliverer. Where's the type of the church? Look at Genesis or Judges chapter 13, verse 25. Judges chapter 13, verse 25, the Bible says here, we see that Samson's a type now of the old church. I'm talking about the old church now. He's a type of the church in that he was moved on by the Spirit of the Lord. Judges 13, 25, the Bible said, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan, between Zola and Esterol. What did the Spirit of the Lord begin to move on him? You remember them days in the Old Testament when the children of Israel, them priests would carry that ark that had that thing covered up and they'd have the, the, all the vessels and they'd be carrying them and Moses would say, this is where God wants us to pitch our tent now. And they'd begin to erect that tabernacle. And that Shekinah glory of God had come down and hover over that tabernacle, a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of fire by day. As long as that thing abided there, they stayed there. When that pillar of fire and pillar of cloud began to move, some they began to move. Oh, that we could get to depending on the Spirit of God. And when He moves, we move. And when He stays still, we stay still. Oh, God, give me a sensitive spirit under your will and under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. I know when to sit down, when to stand up, when to shut up, and when to do what is led by the Spirit of God. Samson wasn't no big old Charles Atlas guy come in. Well, Samson was just, a, I believe, he was just a regular man. I, I, I kind of believe he was kind of maybe you know, just, just kind of little, to be frank with you. It wasn't no Samson's size. It wasn't his strength. It's the Spirit of the Lord that made a difference about old Samson. <laughs> he could have walked through that back door tonight in 1984 and had a three-piece suit on and a good clean shave and a haircut and you couldn't have told him from nobody else. But oh, when that Spirit of the Lord began to move on old Samson, some mighty things, great feats took place. Huh? Oh, listen, I mean, he was, he, he was an ordinary man, but he had depended upon the strength of the Lord to get the job done. Now, I remember a day when the church had depended on the Spirit of God to get the job done. Look at Judges 14, verse 6. The Bible said, The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Oh, how long for that in my soul? Oh, and the Spirit of the Lord would come mightily upon me. Oh, Samson, he was coming from going down to Timnath. Going down to Timnath with his mom and dad. The Bible said a young lion roared out against him. And the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. I tell you what, you and I would have done if a young lion had rolled out on us. Bless God, we'd have cut us a trail. Son, I'd have been out there just to, I mean, Goobertown, Arkansas, it'd been my next stop. Why ain't nobody in here take on a young lion? I mean, listen, a strong young lion. And Samson wasn't a neither friend. But the Spirit of the Lord came mighty upon him. And he just grabbed that lion and in his old jaws and thrown him to the side and probably stood there in amazement and said, the Spirit of the Lord has commanded on me. And that's what got the job done. And that's what we did in 84. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of 
Spirit of the Lord and is mightily upon us. Wasn't that old time forefathers? Wasn't they kind of life at us today? Them old forefathers of ours, they didn't back down from the line. First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But James chapter 4 and verse 7 said, Resist the devil, and he will from you. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn. That's what we need to get to. And draw nigh to God and resist the devil. And the old line have to go off and roar somewhere else. Oh, the old church. The old hey. Bless God, you let a pornography shop put there building up they didn't have none of them things out in the open, but if they'd have done it 20 years ago, old time prayer warriors had got a hold of God. I believe they'd put fire down there. I believe they'd put a lightning bolt out of heaven. I believe they, I believe they, I know they could have got a hold of God. I've heard about them praying that God had burned down beer joints. And I mean, listen, houses of ill repute. And God moved. Oh, God would move. They didn't back down from the line. Today the old devil roars. Boy, we just take, we just go running off somewhere. Oh Lord, oh Lord! I'm not saying that's the devil. Some when the spirit of the Lord comes mighty upon the church, God's youngins gets to crying out, "Help, Lord! Help, Lord!" I guarantee you, help's on the way. We've learned how to do it without his help. We've learned how to sing without the Spirit of the Lord. We've learned how to preach without the Spirit of the Lord. We've learned how to go out and knock on visitation doors, not have an ounce of any kind of power on us, have our little house manual. Ain't nothing wrong with house man. I ain't a knocking jack house. I'm going to tell you one of the most dangerous things alive is to have a soul winning manual and not to have the Spirit of God on you. You'll make them too formal, the child of hell. You'll pluck them green and give them not only listen, you'll give them a birth from beneath. I'm in a religious birth that are more likely damn their soul to hell. Uh, I remember one of them back there when I first got right, I didn't know nothing about soul winning. I had a burden. You tell weeping and crying. Hey, you can laugh, you can make fun, you can say, I don't believe it. We was riding around one Sunday afternoon. Boy, I depended on the Holy Ghost. I I I, I just haven't listened to it all the time. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Go get Becky. Go get Becky. And I said, Boys, God just spoke to me. And they kind of looked at me like I was kind of crazy. But I said, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, let's go get Becky. And we went over where Becky lives. Sonny, her husband, supposedly just got and saved. And we got over there to Becky's house. I mean, no, Becky, Becky was in there. She was in there. And they was eating, they was eating dinner there. And she said, preacher, I can't come out. She said, I ain't dressed right. Had on a pair of short shorts and a halter top. I said, God don't care how you dress. God's cared about the, the, your soul is undressed and his side. I said, you need to be saved. We got in there and got to praying and, and witnessing to her. Power God fell in there and she got saved. I mean, depending on the Lord. Judges 14, 19. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him there. And you remember he went down to Ashtolin and he slew 30 men. Had been some of you drunk enough, you thought you could whoop 30 men. I don't care if you was a captain of the Marines. There ain't no man I ever seen whoop 30 men. You might have been so doped up and drunk you thought you could have handled 30. I had a friend of mine went to the Marine Corps and they, they give him all that, all of that, I mean, high, high pressure stuff. He come out and thought he could whoop any four or five men got in a beer joint. They like to kill him for it. And I, as two of them like to whoop him to death. I, and old Samson, I mean, but he went down there to Ashland I, on the power of God I, and slew 30 men I, and came back with their changes of garments. How'd he do that to spare the Lord? Judges 15, 14. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him down there at Lehi. Judah had come up there, 3,000 
men of the tribe of Judah come up there and said, Samson, don't you know we're under bondage to the Philistines? Well, what are you doing, Samson? 3,000 men come to get one man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Boy, wouldn't that must have been a man of God, wouldn't it? The devil had to send 3,000 up there. I tried to get 3,000 go up there. He said, now, wait a minute, boys. He said, we got to take your case. He said, now, y'all not going to fall on me yourself, are you? They said, no. They bound old Samson up, got him down to Lehigh. Boy, they thought they had him. And the Bible said those cords became like wax. Oh, Samson just pulled them out. And bless God, they come a-running down. The Philistines come a-running. He rushed over there. And what I like about this, I see the Lordship of Christ in the animal creation. The Bible said, oh, Samson looked around, reached down, and picked up the new jawbone of an ass. That old ass, that old donkey, had enough sense to obey God and lay down and die where God told him to. I mean, he had enough of the sense of God, I mean, to lay down and die where God told him to. And he laid down not a mile up the road, not a mile down this way, but right in the perfect will of God. And Samson reached down and grabbed the new jawbone of an ass, and he slew a thousand men, hip and thigh. I mean, a thousand men just are coming in the door. Oh, can you see that? A thousand of them. Got, took that jawbone and throwed it down. He began to tell God he was thirsty. In essence, he thought he was going to die out there of fatigue. The Bible said God claimed the hollow place in that old jaw. Well, Samson picked the same thing up that he used to defend himself and whoop a thousand Philistines. He picked that same thing up. Got him a drink out of that new jawbone. Son, that old 1611 will put the devil on the run. Mm, them old good news for modern man's living Bibles and paraphrased editions and living letters. And I mean, oh, God, the new King James Version, they don't do the trick. But that old sword right there, that new job, boy, that thing's new every day I get in it. Every day I get in it, and I'm in the, listen, have the Spirit of God, the do of God upon my own. I mean, that book's new every day. And I've watched it put the devil on the fly. And there'll be times when I get faint by the wayside and don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Now let's get over and open her up. Praise God. Just get to drinking of that water. Mm, get refreshed. Get revived. Get ready to go again and fight the devil, friend. I mean, listen, oh, Samson had to pour God on him. Wouldn't it be something for some of these men that got around Chattanooga to get a fresh and a new anointing of God? Praise God, get behind the pulpit. And preach like a novice. Preach like a wild man. I mean, just preach under the anointing of the power of God. They're so used to that little unified, monotone voice. It's never up and it's never down. I just can't help it. I feel kicked a little bit excited. I don't believe everybody's got to run running, ranting, raving, spitting, slobbing like I do. I just, I've seen some dignified men every now and then. I've seen every now and then. Get a little excited. Hey, I'm not saying you've got to do it just like I do it. And I, I'll, I'll, not, I, I'll not run you down for the way you do it. God help us. But let the Spirit of the Lord lead us. Let the Spirit of the Lord lead us. Let's let Him take over. Boy, I long for this. I've been there a few times. Who was it? Oh, Ezekiel. Said he led me out by the temple, out by the way of the water coming out there. That thing, listen, that thing wasn't going across ways like this. It was going out in that water. He said they was ankle deep water. That's just water good enough to get in, muddy up, and make it muddy for everybody else. Then he said they was knee deep water. And he said they was loin deep water. He said, he got me out there and he got me in waters to swim. All Ezekiel could do then was just go with the tide. Whichever way the water was going, that's the way Ezekiel went. And when you get a man out there in waters to swim in, all you usually see is his head. That's all that's above water is his head. Man, I want to get out there in them waters where all you can see is my head. Hey, man, my heavenly head. And you can't see me and don't see nothing about me. But just see the living head of the body of Christ in waters to swim. That's the church of yesterday. 
I've been there. I was praying tonight, and I heard Brother Charlie as he's praying. He said, God, thank you for the days of old that I've been in the glory of God as a young man and growing up in church. Lord, if we don't, if we don't get a hold of the glory of God, this some of our young ones going to go through life and never know what it is to be an old-fashioned Holy Ghost meeting. I want to keep my little girl around these type of meetings in my family, raise them up in the glory of God. Well, I mean, now listen, I remember as a little boy, I'd wake up, a little old bitty fellow, I'd wake up in the middle of the pew laying there asleep, and I'd look up, and there'd be a shout, and boy, there'd be a preacher, and a praiser, and singing God, and I'd lay back down and sleep a while longer, wake back up again, and they're still at it, still at it. I mean, listen, they wasn't all on nerve here to vent themselves and worship God. It'll be good for you psychologically. It'll be good for you emotionally. Sometimes when I get some of these good old time Holy Ghost meetings and I go back over there to bed place and while I lay down there, I just lay down. Just rest. Man, just rest. I want you to go a little further with me. Look at Judges 16, verse 1. Judges 16, verse 1. Now, Samson's not only the type of church that he was set apart to do a work, move the Spirit of the Lord, but Judges 16, 1, the Bible said, Then went Samson down to Gaza. The Bible said, and he saw a harlot there, and he went in. He went in to her. I'm talking about the man of God. I'm talking about a picture and resemblance of a church. He went into that harlot's house. You're not reading about the harlot in Revelation 17 18, the mother of abominations. Oh, the old mother harlot. And then that ecumenical movement, that National Council of Churches. I believe Ivory the charismatic movement is bringing this thing all together in these last days. From every denomination, every creed, every color, bring them all together under the federation of laying aside all doctrines. Let's come together and worship God. And with the evidence of baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, Roman Catholic priest, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterians all come together. She's happening. I see the church in many ways going into that harlot. I want you to look here in Judges 16, 4, and it came to pass afterward, afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Zorix, the Bible said, whose name was Delilah. Now watch this. Delilah, the word means the longing one. Can't you just see Miss Delilah? I kind of see her up on the Balcony, maybe sitting there, Samson came through that day. The longing one. Boy, I can see her. It just kind of implies to me seductiveness, revealingness. Well, that's the way the world is. The world's seductive. The world's revealing. I mean, old Samson looked up to there, and the Bible tells us how that, that he loved that woman in the valley of Zorix, whose name was Delilah. You know what Samson began to do? He began to take for granted his position and his power, and his, his privilege to serve God. He took all of that for granted. He began to flirt with the world. I mean, he didn't go out and overnight, I mean, just like that, and it was over. Wrapped up in the world, but he just began to flirt. Aren't we like that sometimes? Come on now. Come on now. Aren't we like that? I mean, we, you know, we're not going to go out there and just have a, a, an affair with the world. But we'll kind of just flirt with it, you know. Smile at it, you know, just kind of every now and then hold hands with the world, you know. Just, just have flirt with it a little bit. I see the church right there tonight. I see the church flirting with the world in many ways. What are you saying, preacher? I see us how we flirt with the world and that we're resorting to worldly methods and worldly schemes to try to do the work of God. Ball teams. I heard it. I heard a certain preacher the other day tell how he had witnessed to this young man tried to get him saved to get him in the house of God. The young man didn't want nothing to do with him. He saw him a few months later and the young man said, Hey, preacher! said, I'm in church over there at so-and-so church. He said, Well, good. He said, Did you get saved? He said, No. He said, But you told me you joined the church. He said, Yep. He said, Tell me about it. He said, I'm a good shortstop. A good shortstop, he said. He said, yeah, I said, they got a softball team. He said, they need a good shortstop. He said, they just got me coming to join up. He said, I'm playing ball. God help us. God help us. 
Oh, Lord, I mean, flirting with the world and have to use the world's music and, and use long-haired effeminate and so-called gospel singers. And, I mean, I'd rather hear somebody play a juice harp and, and play spoons for the glory of God. Has to listen to some of that joy. Amen to God. Hallelujah. I mean, hobnob here and hobnob there. And never back the house of God. Never faithful to the old church. And running up and down the road. A big greyhound buses. I don't believe God's in it. Come in and they got their shirts unbuttoned, their necklaces on, put on their little performance, run outside, light up their cigarettes, and get out there and put their britches on, get in their little buses and everything, watch their televisions. I don't care about that. I don't think you can improve on what we heard here tonight. I don't think you can improve those spirit field. God honor and sing. I've seen them groups get up, boy, you know, and I mean, every note was just right. I mean, the right harmony and everything, and all oh, they just, just all right. But it was just all wrong. Felt like it was water sprinklers on in there on my soul. Mm, man, that's what's amazing. What's going on? Everybody else, whoopee, 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 shouting and hollering everything. And some old gray haired mom and daddy get up there. Strum that guitar, faithful to the house of God, live right, dress right, walk right, and begin to sing Amazing Grace, and I felt like my soul was going to explode. <laughs> I'm talking about we're flirting with the world. There's a church here a while back in Arkansas, and put your camera in the back Sunday school room, show me a pool table, a life size billiard table. He said, Here's the entertainment we got for that. In the church house. Pitiful. Flirting with the world. Flirting. Old Samson began to flirt. He began to appease the appetite of the flesh. What's this? Hey, Samson. Hey, Samson. What do you want? Samson, don't you see what's happening to you? You're drifting, Samson. Can I bring Samson in 1984? Can't you just see him? I've seen him come to the preacher's fellowships. I haven't seen him in four, five, six, seven, eight, nine months. Preacher, you know. They see you coming. You know, trying to. If you got a, your hair, your hair's too long, man. You need to get to the barbershop. I saw a preacher the other day. He was works as a car salesman, son. No offense to car salesman. But this preacher was working in the car. He's a car salesman. I got to looking. He had more rings on my wife. Had a little, had a little bracelet on here. I was trying to look around the shirt collar. You know, I figured there's one of them kind of hanging down there. Oh, God, we wouldn't go down to that next friend movie house. And we wouldn't go down there. I mean, stand at them R-rated movies and them movie houses down. We wouldn't be seen there. You know what I'm saying? God bless my dear pastor. Now I've been doing for a while. I ain't on television. I didn't bless him. I just prayed. In my life, prayed. And what he tells me, I can control. He's got an only. I guarantee you ask the you have the TV in the power, but which wires out first? The old knob knob? I say no. You have to say two wires out first. They burn it out. You want my you want my pastor and I just got which kind of pray? Didn't say nothing. Well God smote his heart. God got a hold of him. He got up before church. He said, I've lied to y'all. He said, I've lied. He said, I told you I could control that thing. He said, I lied. He said, I'd say I'd say, Well, maybe they won't say that no more. Maybe the next thing she'll put on some more clothes. I got maybe the next time they won't have that on there. He said, I'd sit there and watch it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I believe we've been cursed with so much entertainment in our day. Really? I believe we've been cursed with so much entertainment in our day. You can go home and you can watch it, watch the conviction off. 
and you just hear and hear, run, 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 and you know, run the conviction on. Like a few years ago, I couldn't do that. Had more power than God, didn't we? God used to do God used to do that. So we wonder what's going on. Flirting with the word. Look a little further. Look at Judges 16, verse 19. I'm talking about the church now. I'm talking about Samson's type of the church here. He began to flirt with the world. Son, if you don't think the church is flirting with the world now, you just compare the church of today with the church of 1950. 1950, 1955, 1940. You go back there and compare churches today. You resurrect some of your granddaddies and grandmas and bring them into the average Baptist church today. Son, they'd, why, they'd faith. They'd pass plumb out. They couldn't believe what we're, what we're calling, you know, Christians. Got to and what it is, hey, what it is, it's just a drifting process, gradually and gradually and gradually. And the next thing you know, you have the low and the shows pull out of sight. You say, how'd I get here? How'd this happen? You look around, there's a lot of folk beside of you and everything. You begin to compare yourself to others. That's what most folk do. They'll find somebody just like them and they'll compare themselves to them and they'll run over there to them and say, how do you see it? How do you feel about it? Well, you already knew how they feel about it. That's the reason you went to them. Once you know some of these old time salty Christians to get their prayers answered, has the glory of God on their life. Now ask them what they think about some of that stuff. Judges 16, 19, the Bible said, and she made him sleep upon her knees. Delilah didn't she call for a man and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. Here we see Samson's attack of the church and then he fell asleep in the lap of Delilah. She'd already tried three times to find out where his power was. She said, Samson, if you love me, you tell me. He said, if you buy me with seven green whips that never been dry, I'd lose my power. He's flirting, see. Just tantalizing. You know, what are they? Just, you know, just playing, toying with her like a cat in a mouse. She tried that, it didn't work. Samson, if you love me. He said, if you'll buy me with this and that and the other. He said, if you'll weave the seven locks of my head. She tried that, it didn't work. The Bible said that she vexed him sorely. That word vexed there means tortured, tormented, and aggravated him. The Bible said Samson told her all of his heart. He said, I'm a Nazarite from my mother's womb. He said, if you cut my hair, he said, my power will be gone. And old Samson, the man of God, had done all these great feats in days gone by. He lay his head, he laid his head in the lap of Delilah. And she said, Samson, I love you. Samson, everything's all right, honey. So just lay your head down there and just rest. Oh, Samson, he began to nod off in deep. He got a cheap haircut in the devil's barbershop. A cheap haircut in the devil's barbershop. Robbed him of his power. Robbed him of his joy. Robbed him of his strength. Flirting with God. That's where some of us are. Just look at your life. Look at you. Examine yourself. Yeah, I, I kind of remember preacher, old brother Charlie preacher about that. But you know, I just can kind of think there's nothing wrong with it. I just kept it up, you know. I kept on, kept, kept, kept on flirting that thing. Lose your joy, lose your strength, lose your happiness. Lose the glory. Fell asleep. Look at verse 20. Wouldn't you say tonight the church, the average church members are asleep on God tonight? Wouldn't you say that? Hey, how many, how many of you see set the woods on fire? Really? I mean, in an average, average congregation, they're asleep to sinners, dying, going to hell, have visitation, you can't hardly get nobody coming. You'll get up and you'll talk about it, preach about it, and you know, weep over it, and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll wake up out of that sleep a little bit. They'll come for a day or so, a couple of weeks. I'm too busy for each other's too tired. Too much to People die and go to hell all levels. I said us. Look at verse 20. She said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, Ah! You see that? I will go out as at other times before. And he shake myself and he wished not that the Lord was departed from. Samson's a type of the church and that he forfeited the power and the privilege that he had to serve God. Hey, that's where we're at, folks. Notice, 
She said, the Philistines be upon thee. Boy, I won't tell you the Philistines, the enemy, the devil's upon the church, son. The wolf is a howling wolf at the door. I mean, listen, it ain't over in China. It ain't over in Russia. I mean, just across a couple of state lines in Nebraska. I mean, the wolf is a howling at the church door. Mark her down. She's coming to Tennessee. She's coming to Rossville, Georgia. She's coming. You know what most folks say? Uh, as long as it's over there. As long as it ain't at my back door, I'll be all right. I'll fight the enemy when it gets at my back door. When it gets to the back door, it's too late. It's too late. Philistines be upon thee, Samson, and he'll walk out of his sleep. That's the need now. That's the need of the hour to wake up. I mean to wake up out of our sleep. But notice what it says. And he said, I will go out. It was in other times before. Well, there he is. Can you see? I'll go out. And I'll go out and do it. I'll go out and do it. I've always done it before. The Bible said, and he, he said, notice this little phrase here. I'll go out as other times before. In other words, he was reminiscing on past experiences. That's what he was depending on, that past anointing, that past unction. Poor Samson's going to have that touch again. He's going to he's gonna have to get right with God. He's going to have to acknowledge his sin, that he's drifted from God. Notice this. He said, he said, I'll go out as another time before and shake myself. Boy, he began to take that glory, didn't he? He said, look at me, Delilah. Look at me. Look at me, Delilah. He shook himself. You know, like them after some of them macho weightlifters, you know, shake them. Shook himself. He said, I stole the glory that belonged to God. You know why God can't visit us like he wants to visit us? Glory hogs. God will come in and bless you in a great way. You know what we do? We'll go over there and that. That's God. I'm tell you something. God, God, and I've heard preachers. God help us. We're the world's worst. God help us. You let God use one of us. Let God brought a great victory through one of us. We'll tell everybody else. They're saying, I'm not bragging about it. I don't want you to think I'm bragging about it. I don't want you to think I'm bragging about it. But I will tell you what God did for he wasn't bragging about it. Why won't you quit tooting your own horn? Why don't I quit tooting my own horn? So what? God used it. So what? Who are we? What are we? It was God. It was God. You know, I want to be like a mirror in the face of the sun. I just want to reflect that glory back to Him. Oh, not unto us, O oh Lord. Not unto us, but unto Thy name. Give glory for Thy mercy and Thy truth. You know what? We'll, 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 we'll let God touch us a little bit. We'll run up and steal a crown right off Jesus' head. Put that glory crown on us. And they wonder what happens. The glory is gone. He said, I'll go out as other times before and shake myself. He wished not that the Spirit of the Lord was departed from him. He didn't even recognize it. The power of God was gone. His life. You ever, you ever, you ever been going to meeting? Showing the blessings of God. And you come in and all of a sudden the glory's gone. Power's gone in your life. And you don't even realize it till it's already gone. I've had that happen to me. Look at verse 21. He forfeited his power. Verse 21, he lost his vision. The Philistines took him, they put out his eyes, and, and they bound him with feathers of brass, and he did grind in the prison. That's not where we're at tonight. You know what happens when you see Nehemiah 8, 10 said the joy of the Lord's our strength and when you lose your, lose, your, lose your joy you lose your strength. So Samson was unable to stop and they grabbed him with feathers of brass and they locked him on his legs. Locked him on his arms. You know what brass speaks of in the Word of God? Brass always speaks of judgment. A brazen serpent, a, a brazen altar, a brazen laver. Judgment! God said I'm letting the Philistines pronounce judgment on you Samson. They put restrictions on him. He couldn't, he couldn't get them hands loose like he used to. He couldn't get them feet apart. And what the devil's done? The devil has allowed, listen, I mean God. Let me rephrase that. God has allowed the government, God has allowed IRS to put restrictions, putting shackles of brass upon the church because we've forfeited our power because of a cheap fleeing with Delilah this world. And if we don't wake up and get right with God, we're going to lose every privilege we've got. I believe that. 
It's time somebody better get to crying out loud and tell him. You know what's humiliating here? They brought him down to Gaza. Oh, God. Remember what he done at Gaza in Judges 16? He's done at Gaza and he spent the night there. And at midnight, old Samson rose up. They thought they had him. He went out there to the gates, grabbed the two, the two, the two gates, grabbed the two posts, and the bar and all, bless God, just lifted the whole thing up, carried it out to Mount Hebron and set it down out there at Hebron. You know where they're taking Samson? Right back down there. Right back down in the where he had won the victory, where he had had the power of God. And they're going to make a laughing stock out of it. That's what the devil will do to you, friend. That he'll strip you of your joy and your power and the glory and make a laughing stock right in front of your enemies. Can't you see as they had him bound with them feathers of brass and they bring him down there and the, and the townsfolk of Gaza said, Hey, that's Samson. Get him out of here. Why, get him out of here. He carried the gates off. They said, Watch this. Why? Plucked his eyeballs. Most powers he couldn't do nothing about. Just gouged them out. That's what the devil do to you. You, 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 ever, you ever come to your wife and your husband, mom and dad, and say, I just don't see it like that. I don't see prayer meetings. I don't see these prayer bands banding together and having to pray and having to spend. I just don't see these revival. I just don't see Christian schools. I just don't see Christian schools. I just don't see these Christian homes. I just don't see it like I used to see it. I, I don't know where you've been. Your spiritual eyes not to be. You don't see them convictions like you used to see them, do you? Be quiet. Oh, God, tonight. Now look at the church. Now it's, you see, that our Lord's name, His reputation is at stake. Look at Judges 16, verse 26. This little verse right here, one thing jumped out at me one day, and I know you've seen it. Judges 16, 26. Samson said, And the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars, wherewith the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. The little man. You know, I kind of I, I kind of like to believe in my mind's eye that this was probably a Hebrew boy, an Israelite. But you see, they were in servitude to the Philistines now. The Philistines was over them. And I just kind of believe they went down to the prison house. You see, the previous verses said they made a great feast and a party unto their God, dead God for bringing Samson into their power. They may have got this little boy and said, come on, Sam, we want you to, we got, we got a little chore for you. We want you to leave Samson up here to our sports arena. I just see that little boy said, you mean Samson? You mean Samson? They said, yeah, come on. I can see they got there at the prison house and the old guard got the key out and began to unlock that door. Samson, come on out of there. I can't see. I don't know the way. So that's all right. We got a little boy here. I just see that little boy take his up Made that walk out through there. That little, maybe little Hebrew boy looking at old Samson. Looking him over, boy. Said, Mr. Samson. Yes, son. He said, Is it really true that you took a jawbone of an ass to slew a thousand men? Oh, Samson, that, that frown and that sadness left his face for a second. He smiled. He said, Yes, son. He said, where yet, boy? He said, right here. He said, it was the days when God used me, son. God used to breathe on me. The Spirit of the Lord used to move on me. He said, Samson, did you really kill a lion? Yeah, I did, son. God used to use me. He said, that little boy look at him and say, Samson, you was our hope. Samson, you was our deliverer. Samson, you're a has-been. You're used to be. You're almost. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Our youngins, our youngins are dependent upon the church. The church, the church. Listen, let the devil have his way. I'd listen, I'd rather die. I've said this many, many times, but I'd rather die of a massive heart attack preaching right now and never go back on the Word of God and never go back upon the convictions God's given me. 
I'd rather die, I'd rather die than have my little daughter look up at me and look at others and say one day, my daddy used to serve God. My daddy used to have the power of God on me. My daddy used to live for God. Hey, I wonder what some of your youngers would say to that. I wonder what some of your grand youngers would say to that. Would they have to say, Papa and Mamma don't shout like they used to? Papa and Mamma don't live for God like they used to? Mom and Dad, I don't hear them praying no more. I mean, preacher, they sometimes, we, we'll go weeks at a time, you know, we'll, we'll go days at a time. They never even say the blessing around the supper table. Why, preacher? Why, why, I hear all kinds of excuses around the house. Okay. Look at verse 27. The house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And they were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld, while Samson made sport. In other words, he was to be the entertainment for the day's activities. They brought him in there. <laughs> Samson, where's your power at now? I mean, where's your God at now, Samson? Why don't God give you the Spirit of the Lord on you now, Samson? Why don't you pick up that stone there? Why don't you break them feathers of brass? <laughs> I'm just laughing, old Samson. There's the powers. Powers. I mean, in mockery and humiliation, being the butt end of a joke. Did you know that's where the average church is today? They're at the butt end of every joke in the community. Laughed at, mocked at. Father, listen, why? I mean, the old pornography crowd laughs at the church. Why? I mean, I mean, little league ball coaches. I remember a time when I was a kid. When little league ball teams would, would they'd, they'd, they'd revolve their schedule around the church. If the church had revival, we didn't practice. If the church had revival, listen, on Wednesday night, there wasn't no way they scheduled up practice and things. And they wasn't about to have any kind of a makeup games on Sunday. That was unheard of. But today that coach will say, church, revival, prime meeting, they'll laugh at the church. Liquor joint wants to put a, that's why they don't a bit more care. Here we are, powers. Do anything about it. Close with verse 28, verse 30. Look at the stern conclusion of Samson's life. Samson called unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord God, remember me. He said, I pray thee to strengthen me. He said, I pray thee only this once. Oh God, boy, he got to call on God, didn't he? He got to call on God. I mean, he got to pray, oh God, he said, strengthen me. Do it one more time. God, do it one more time and let me be avenged of these ministers. But you know, he prayed an unusual prayer. Watch this. Verse 30. He said, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. He said, let me he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than he slew in all of his life. Oh, Samson got down to the end there, and he prayed for strength. He said, Oh, God, strengthen me. What they didn't see was that the hair of old Samson's head had begun to grow a little bit. Got under them pillars and he said, God strengthen me. And he said, God, just let me die right here. Let me die. When old Samson died to himself, when he died to himself, he wrought the greatest victory that he'd ever wrought in all his life. He slew more at his death than in all of his life. You remember what John 12, 24 said, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and dieth, it abideth alone. But if it dieth, it bringeth forth much fruit. You know what our problem is? full of self, arrogancy, and pride. And, oh, God. Oh, God. The church is in this kind of condition tonight. I'm not saying all of you there. I believe some of you got the victory. I believe some of you got the joy. And I, I believe you've got the power of God in your life. But what about some of the rest of us? Where are we at tonight? It's kind of a dark, dismal closing on Samson's life, isn't it? Can't you just see as that thing comes down, the screams, the cries, 
all the broken bodies and the blood. I'll close his out on Samson. I got to read one day in Hebrews chapter 11. That great hall of faith. God inscribed old Samson's name in the hall of faith. That's one of the heroes of faith. Sure as you're alive, old Samson got her right. He got her right like that. I wonder what it's going to take for us to wake up and get down to business. Going to have to lock the doors of destiny. Lock the doors of John's Memorial. Lock the doors of Victory Baptist Church and Bays Mountain Baptist Church and North Georgia Baptist Church. Different churches. What's it going to take? Oh, folks, we need to wake up. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to put you. Try to obey God tonight. Sister, if you'll come. Samson's a vivid type of the church tonight. I'm afraid Samson's life shows us more of our lives than what we'd like to see and what we'd like to admit. But tonight, listen, while they play softly when they get ready with heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder tonight, when you look back at your life, is that joy still really, really real in your life? Is your strength still the same? Listen, oh, when you begin to flirt with the world, friend, it'll cost you. It'll take your strength and your joy. It'll take your burden. Where are you at tonight? Where are you at tonight? I appreciate these that have come to the altars this morning and last night. I believe God's dealing with some hearts tonight. You'd be honest with the Lord tonight in yourself. You don't have the joy that you used to have. You don't have the vision about the things of God that you used to have. Convictions are gone now.